It's all downhill from here. <laughs> I usually say that when things get easier, right? It's all downhill from here. Not now. After That was great, wasn't it? Like, how do you preach about joy after that last song? As it said everything that needs to be said today. Um, but we'll dig in anyway. Um, I'm thankful to get to be up here again. Uh, thankful for this church and what it, the, the difference that it's made, thank you, in my life, um, our family's life. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing what's happened in uh, four and a half years. Um, so I'm thankful, thankful to be here. I guess I get to do a couple of things. I, I better do this before I forget. I got a light a candle, right? Does it matter which side? Don't want to do the one in the middle yet. I always like to play with fire. Better get that away from me. And then I get to open a gift. Lisa, don't say anything yet. Paid attention last week. Step ahead of me. It's joy. Nobody got excited about that one. <laughs> I told you it was downhill from here. Man, it's good music. Put everybody to sleep now. Anybody ever like to go to the beach? Anybody like to go to the beach besides me? Anybody a beach person? Okay, I love the beach. Um, it brings me joy. I, if I live there, I always tell Amber, like, let's move to the beach. And she's like, no, we can't. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I don't know, but we got family. I'm like, well, yeah, but they come visit us more. <laughs> well, we just live down the street from most of them, and mom and dad are here every Sunday, so I don't know if they come visit us more or not. But we'd be at the beach. I always try to talk her into moving to the beach. She's like, no. We can't go to the beach. I'm like, I would work at an ice cream stand at the beach and be the happiest person in the world, you know? I think it would be great. And nothing against ice cream stand workers, but that would just be fun. Uh, we go to the beach, and, and the beach brings me a lot of joy, and it's just it's soothing, it's calming. Um, ten, I don't know, ten years ago, we went to Cape Lookout. Was it the first time we went on a ferry, and we went looking for conch shells? And if you don't know what a conch shell is, you're going to find out. I think it's what it's called. It's this rascal. Look at that. So we all went down the beach, and Amber said she wanted a conch shell, and I like a good challenge. So we started looking, and I think at the time, Beth, I think, was pregnant with Roz. So we had, there were no kids or grandkids, and so we're all out just looking for these shells and really had no idea how to find them or where to find them. We never researched it. We just knew that they were there. So we start walking down the beach looking, and uh, one by one, we started losing people. It's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, you know, if you've ever watched that. Uh, one would drop off. I think Beth went first, but she was pregnant, so she had an excuse. Jared stayed with her, and he's an awesome husband, so, you know, that was his reason, so that's good. And I think Ginger went next, I believe, and then Amber and Danny followed me, and then they kind of, at some point, I just took off. And we did some Google Earth researching and found out that about six miles in, we found this. I had no idea how far I'd gone, and I didn't see any cause for concern. Most of you that know me know that I have diabetes. It's type 1, and you've got to keep like candy and stuff with you at all times. So if you ever see me loading up on candy, it may or may not be because I'm, my blood sugar's low, because I, sometimes I just want some candy. And so I didn't have anything with me, I don't think, and just took off, and there we went. 
And I came back and I had this in my swimming trunks pocket. And I just pulled it out and it was like, it was like the Lion King, you know, holding it up in the air. <laughs> it was so exciting. That was so much joy. We still have it, as you can tell. This is the first one that we found um, over 10 years ago. Well, I guess 10 years ago now. Um, and so we use it. We wiped the dust off of it this morning and brought it to church with us. So if you want to, you can't touch it later. So no. <laughs> I was going to say if you want to see it, you can't. But that's not, that's not going to happen. Other um, joyous moments that we anticipate. So we anticipate. We all probably know what that means. We, we build stuff up. We think it's going to be great. Okay, we anticipate. We anticipate wedding days. Um, and I think it's a good luck that it rains on your wedding day at some point. Is that right? I don't know. It rained on our wedding day, but we still cleaned the car up, and it was, it was sunny by the time we got married. I thought it was good luck. Hey, maybe it's not. Um, we'll overcome it. Children, or graduation, childbirth, accomplishments. From, I put athletic accomplishments. That was just like getting up here every time is like a challenge because it's different every time, and I, like, I love the challenge. When I played baseball, I loved the challenge because every at-bat was a different at-bat. Might be the same picture, it was a different at bat, and I just loved it. I thought, all right. And you get that like excited feeling, get a little nervous about it, and you're like, all right, let's go get it and see what you can do. That's that's cool. Athletic accomplishment. Christmas gifts or other gifts. Sometimes we anticipate. Um, we've talked to Hucky in the past, I don't know, year or so about your gifts. So if you get Hucky a gift and he doesn't act nice about it, you need to let us know. If he does act nice about it, it means he probably likes it, or he's really scared to not like it. Um, because we don't want him to build it up so much that it's not worth anything to him or not important to him. We can ruin those. Okay, I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, we can ruin these events by worldly expectations. This was a joyous moment for us. Amber said, you don't look happy in that picture. Um, I have. That's good. I was tears of joy. Thank you, Ryan. That was perfect. Just like we set it up, right? Uh, tears of joy. That was when Hucky was born after a, a difficult day. Um, for Amber, definitely, um, but that was after he was born. Here's more joyous moments we have. Um, I put the one on the left, the Krispy Kreme one, because that red light in the back. If you all have had the red light Krispy Kreme hot and ready donuts, you know why that's a joyous occasion. Um, and no offense to the ones you can get at Speedway, but those are, it's a different world. Uh, the top right, I think we had spent a week in the hospital, I believe, the week before that one. So that was a joyous moment. We were at Myrtle Beach, I think, on spring break. And, and so those situations bring us joy. Um, expectations that we have that can cause us to miss joy. Perfect circumstances. It doesn't snow on Christmas. Like you always want snow on Christmas, and then you realize you live in Kentucky. So um, the temperature is going to be anywhere between 20 and 70, you know. Rainy days on vacation. We've learned to appreciate rainy days on vacation. Matter of fact, I think we look forward to rainy days on vacation more than we do the sunny days, unless you get like four or five rainy days. And then we want to talk to God about like exchanging, you know. We go to thrift stores and all kinds of fun stuff, find all kinds of cool finds like the shirt that i am got on today. Not the vest, though. I don't know where we got it. Expectations. Fun. Elaborate decorations, the lights are out in your tree. The lights are out around the house. You've got so many bulbs out, it doesn't even look like you've got lights up. You know? We don't have enough cords. There's never enough cords. And you buy new cords every year, and the next year you're like, man, where are those cords? And they're hooked up to something else, you've got to go find more cords. Food. 
Like, I appreciate my grandparents so much now. My grandmothers always would get up at like, I don't know, five or six o'clock on Thanksgiving to make turkeys. And I just thought that, you know, they threw it in the oven for a little while and 11 o'clock it was ready and we were all eating. And I had no idea because Amber and I made a turkey just two years in a row now. This year, the turkey would not get to the temperature that it was supposed to get to. And we didn't know what to say. Should we tell the family? <laughs> or just take our chances and see if he might get sick. <laughs> oh, we're all still here. Oh, anyway. Let the cat out of the bag today. Uh, expensive gifts. The gift doesn't turn out right. It's not the perfect gift. It's not what you thought it was going to be. We build this stuff up in our head and we hand it out and somebody's like, I've got that. And you're like, so I'm the only one that's happened to, right? So, okay, Hallmark movie moments. We all like Hallmark movies, right? And we, I think some people were talking, even last week, that our town's like turned into a Hallmark movie festival, which is awesome, but not every moment's a Hallmark movie moment. The snow doesn't fall to, to the ground as you propose, which is not good if you don't. You don't get the promotion. The cookies burn. Nobody wants burnt cookies, right? The exterior illumination doesn't work. So perfect circumstances, elaborate decorations, fancy food, expensive gifts, hallmark movie moments. These are life moments. These are things that happen to us every single day that can take your joy or can cause you to have more joy. Just like one of my favorite moments in the history of television. 250 strands of light, 100 individual bulbs per strand for a grand total of 25,000 imported diameter lights. And that face is the one that's so, like, emphasized to me. Like, that, it was such a buildup. They had the drum roll. The family's there. Everybody's ready to go. And he's done all this work, stapled who knows how many million staples into his roof. And then all of a sudden, he plugs it in, nothing happens. Nothing. Sometimes our joy can be taken by circumstances that are outside of our control. Sometimes we have unanticipated joy. You see a snow globe on the screen. Uh, two, last week we went out um, on the road, there was a group of seven that went and there was joy that we found in that day that we didn't expect when we got in the van and if you were there you know what I'm talking about. There's joy in situations that you don't see and a lot of times as adults we miss it and we'll talk more about that in a little, in a little bit but just this week it snowed, what day was it, Tuesday? I think it snowed Tuesday and we're walking into the house and we've got steps that lead up to the house like this and, and Hucky and I were walking in and and he said, look, Dad. And I was like, what? And I, I was thinking of the seven million things in my mind that I need to do when we got in the house. Like, we got homework, and I got to clean his drink thing that he uses for his cup of water every day at school because, you know, it's flu season. And then we got to get our homework done. And then I think I said that once. We got to get bath time, and we're going to try to play. And, and, 
and read a book and to spend some time together as a family. And I'm thinking about all those things. And I didn't even think about me holding my son, who's seven years old, holding his hand as we walk up the steps into our home that God's blessed us with. And he says, Dad, look up. And I'm like, what? And he said, we live in a snow globe. And I was like, man, that was joy for me. Like, that just put so much in perspective. It gave me so much joy to know that my seven-year-old looked up with all the lights on the house and our little inflatable toys in the side, you know, the ones that blow up. And he said, we live in a snow globe. And I was like, wow, we live in a snow globe. How cool is this? Like, to me, a snow globe is a perfect situation. Everything in the snow globe is exactly the way it was intended to be. It's imperfect. And that's what he thought we lived in. I thought, man, that's, that's so cool. Joy, what is Joy. Joy in the Greek is a describing feel, feeling of describing inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. That's what joy is. Joy and happiness are different. And this week I got to do some research and I found out that joy and happiness are different. Happiness is something that just comes and goes. But joy is something that's deep within. So we look at joy. It's a deep-seated pleasure. It's a depth of assurance and confidence that ignites a cheerful heart. And it's a cheerful heart that leads to cheerful behavior. We're here today to be cheerful. That doesn't mean we walk around every day with the biggest smile on your face. Okay, I know that. Life circumstances get in the way, and we'll talk about those in just a minute. But we need to be cheerful at heart, like deep within our heart. One of my most favorite things to do is watch people at like Black Friday. I absolutely love it. Like... We went to Appalachian Wireless this year, and I just stood there for like six hours. I don't know how many hours we were there. And I just like was smiling, watching people. And they probably thought, this guy's weird. But I just enjoyed it. We went Black Friday a couple of years ago. I went Black Friday to get cold medicine one year because Hucky was running a fever. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> people fighting over television. I was like, I just want some Tylenol, okay? And, and it, was, I got, it was fun. It was fun to watch. The cheerful hearts, like you see certain people with, some people don't. Joy is a deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of a person who, know, who knows all is well, and here's the key, between himself or herself with the Lord. And to me, that's the difference in joyful people and happy people. I know that everything between me and God is well. Now, I'm not perfect. I stand every single day. I'll walk off this stage and go out that door, and I'll sin again. And I know that. I know I will. But I also know I've got a God of grace who's going to forgive me no matter what. And that gives me such cheer in my heart that that's the joy. That's our joy. So what things can steal our joy? What are our thieves? Violation of our conscience. Our thieves of our joy. Guilt will steal your joy. Unresolved guilt will steal your joy. Shame will steal your joy. Remorse will steal your joy. Everybody in this room has and will experience all of those things. But God is a God of grace who can take all those things away. We look at this. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. This is from the message, and I love this version. Moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like father, like son, generous inside and out and true from start to finish love the fact that it says he became word and flesh and moved into the neighborhood like to me that's so like we moved into the neighborhood on main street and jared talked about the growth that our church has experienced in a year's time since we've been in this building and it's not what we're doing it's what god's doing and we want to follow his call but we moved into the neighborhood there's a church right across the street that's also in the neighborhood 
And we're not in competition with them. We work together. We're, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal when we want to get people to heaven. That's what we want to do. Real joy is in our Jesus moments, which are in our heart. That's where the real joy comes from, the Jesus moments, which are in the heart. And I love this. Uh, I found this this week, and we all have great people around us as examples. Their lives tell us what faith means, so we too should run the race that is before us and never quit. We should remove from our lives anything that would slow us down and the sin that, all, that so often makes us fall. We must never stop looking to Jesus. He is the leader of our faith, and he's the one who makes our faith complete. He suffered death on a cross, but he accepted the shame of the cross as if it were nothing because of the joy that he could see waiting. Now, I want to stop there for just a second because the joy that he could see waiting is us. He didn't go to the cross because he had to. He went to the cross because he wanted to for us. We are the joy that he sees. I see the joy in my child when he says stuff like, we live in a snow globe. I can't imagine the joy that God gets when he sees people in a situation like this, people serving, people believing, carrying out their faith, doing what God has called them to do. He saw us and came for us because he could see the joy waiting for him. And now he's sitting on the right side of God's throne. Think about Jesus. He patiently endured the angry insults that sinful people were shouting at him. Think about him so you don't get discouraged and stop trying. Sometimes we can get discouraged. There's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's, I mean, to me, that's joy. That's joy. I can't buy that. That's joy. Whatever sin we've committed and the sins that we will commit, Jesus has already died for and forgiven us for. So what are our causes? We have a relationship with Jesus that is unbreakable by circumstances. No circumstance you face today can break your relationship with Jesus if you don't allow it to. That relationship is so important to us. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Joy doesn't, it's not just us, it's God. And it's a two-way street. He's wanting the joy for us. He wants us to have it. And then when we get it, then his joy grows. That's so significant to me. That hit me so hard. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, life is forced into the open. And it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. That's the book of James. It tells us that. If we abide in Christ, we are promised to have a deep abiding joy and our circumstances can't change it. But God's sovereign control can provide the joy that we need. So, how do we get it? So some of us today are Christians. We're, we've, we've been Christians for a long time. Uh, we're working on getting there. We're working on getting better. Maybe our faith isn't exactly where it needs to be. Maybe our faith has never been professed publicly. How do we get there? And everybody in this room is at a different stage of how do we obtain the level that God attended, intended for us to get to. Okay. So first of all, we need to thank God. And I really firmly believe we need to tell God thank you for what he's given us. 
And it may not be the Hallmark movie moment that we had in our mind planned when we went to college and we got our degree and we graduated or we finished high school, we went to trade school and did what God, we thought God wanted us to do. We got married because we were supposed to get married and do the right thing and we had our children and all that cool stuff and we just, it hasn't worked out. We need to thank God for what we've got. It doesn't matter if it's what we had planned that's what we got. I wanted to play baseball in the, in the major leagues for the Atlanta Braves. And here I stand. I'm not there. But I'm thankful for what God's given me because he's used, he's been, I've been able to do his work, I feel like, in other areas where he wanted me to be. Not where I wanted to be. Thank God for what he's already accomplished. For you make me glad of your deeds, Lord. I sing at joy. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. Mouths are filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are filled with joy. God's done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Whatever your circumstance today, Les is sitting here today, about a week and a half removed from a stroke. And when I saw him walk in the door, I thought, he's crazy. What in the world is he doing here? But I got so much joy getting to hug his neck this morning to see him because he's that determined. He's that dedicated. And I said, I didn't think you were that strong. That amazes me. He's thankful for what God's done. He's smiling. He's got joy. A week and a half after probably one of the scariest moments of his life. And here he is. That's amazing. We should not only thank God for what he's done for us, but we should expect joy. Expect it. Matthew 2, chapter 8, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 2, verse 8. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Imagine knowing the prophecy and that you've read about it and you expect it. And then all of a sudden you see the star and you know it's the star. Imagine the joy that you get when you see the star. That's where they were. Our choice each day is to choose joy, not because of our circumstances. They weren't joyful because they just saw a star. I can walk outside tonight if it's not cloudy and see stars. And I think they're cool, but they're not going to bring me the most amount of joy that I can imagine. We don't need to choose joy, not just because of our circumstances, but because of our hope. My hope is in God. And it's the only hope that I have. And that gives me joy. The joy we have in Jesus is the greater than the fear that we have. And in verse 10 it says, um, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. In other translations of the Bible it says that first they were scared. But then when they realized what it was, they were joyful. Third thing that we need to do is invite God in. So, thank God Expect the joy and then invite him in. Bring him in. Let him come into you. Psalm 119. This is cool. There's 110 verses in that chapter. That's a lot to say, isn't it? 
I just thought, I think that's so cool. I love seeing those big numbers. I don't know why. I've never been a math person. Maybe that's why I like the big numbers. I'm not sure. The wicked try to trap me, but I have not disobeyed your instructions. The rules you have given me to follow will be mine forever. They give me great joy. There's a whole lot of joy in rejoicing and following what God wants you to do. When you invite him in and you live the way that God wants you to live, there's this level of joy that I promise you I could never have imagined that I would get to. I have more joy today than I did two years ago and than I did 12 years ago and then when I did 15 years ago. And the list goes on. There's so much joy. My grandfather was a trickster and he used to get, like he would prank you um, around Christmas. It was always around Christmas with a gift. But he pranked me with a big, I mean, the box was huge. And mom can tell you, I don't know how big the box was, like a treadmill or something came in the box. And then I was probably 10 or 12 years old. So you're talking mid-90s. You know, treadmills in the mid-90s, some of y'all that are closer to us, is like, these are huge. So I, I was so excited. I was like, I mean, I'll, I'll rip the package open and got it open. And there was another package inside. And I was like, what? So I opened that one, I ripped it open, and got another package. And I don't know how many packages we went through, but I got a box of baseball cards, okay? Now, I was thrilled, don't get me wrong, but it was about the size of this Bible, the box was, and it had all kinds of different packs in it. And I, you couldn't have made me any happier by what you... But I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was getting. I had no clue what was going to be in that ginormous box. And every box got smaller and smaller until I opened that one. It was a box, and I, like, I opened baseball cards... I don't even know what anybody else did the rest of the night. That's all I did. I was looking, all right, what's the next one? That gave me so much joy. It was so exciting. Like doing that gave me joy. And I know it gave him and the rest of our family joy because I think most of them probably knew what was going on. To me, that was so exciting. More than anything, it says here on verse 112, more than anything, I want to obey your laws always until the end of my life. That's joy. That's a level of joy that even a box of baseball cards and a huge box that's wrapped seven different times can bring you. Our joy is, is, an, is heritage. It's an inheritance. It's given to us. We pass it down. An inheritance is something that you have, have been given by somebody who was here before you, and God gave us that through His Son, Jesus. It's an allotted portion. It's a special or individual possession. A special or individual possession. And I think about that, like how special some possessions that we have of loved ones are. I think how excited we get when we see things that somebody else had before us and we're like, that was so-and-so's and now it's mine. That's so cool. I love to have this. It brings, me, it brings my heart joy. That's what God's given us. Some of us love to smile. Some of us don't like to smile. And I told you earlier in the story we were going to talk about being more like children, seeing it through a kid's eyes, through their lens. Did you know kids smile on average 400 times a day? That's a lot. 400 times a day kids smile. Do you know how many times adults smile on average a day? 20. Somewhere between our childhood and adulthood, we lose 380 smiles in one day. We go from 400 to 20 in one day from being a kid to an adult. Kids are happy because they smile. 
I love watching kids play, just get together and go. I love watching that. It's so exciting to watch them, and they just, they laugh. Like last night, uh, we had a gift exchange, and Colton got some sumo wrestlers. <laughs> if you know sumo wrestlers and you know Colton, you know this was hilarious. Like, I knew it was going to be funny, but the amount of laughter that came out of that child was I didn't know he could do that. It was crazy. And everybody got so much joy seeing him open a pack of sumo wrestlers. And I don't know where they came from, but I know they weren't worth more than like $5. But now he was thrilled. Like that, I thought, that's joy. That's a kid. If I opened a pack of sumo wrestlers on Christmas morning, I'd be like, are you serious? What am I supposed to do with these? And I might laugh a little bit. It might be one of those courtesy laughs. You know, you give people a courtesy laugh like, like y'all are doing right now. Like, <laughs> One time is lunch. You know, like that stuff. Like, where do we lose that childhood? Smiles reduce stress. They release cortisol. They increase happiness by releasing endorphins. Snow globe stories make us smile. They make us happy. This week, we were decorating my granny's tree. My granny passed away a few years ago, and, and my mom said, we need to use her Christmas tree. So I told Amber, I said, let's go get it. So we went and got it, and we brought it. And we've got, I think, three Christmas trees in our house, maybe. And this one's in our bedroom. And we put lights on it and had it all ready to go. And then Hucky realized there was no decorations. So he wanted decorations. So we started decorating. And he talked about how much joy that was bringing Granny, that we were decorating her tree. And I was like, he's a kid. Like, I love to be around kids, and that's why I love to be around kids, because they bring us a perspective that as adults we forget with the busyness of life, thinking about the homework and the water bottle and the bath and the story and then our responsibilities for the next day. And I thought, man, we, we have missed the point so much of the joy that God gave us because we're looking at so many other things and trying to find it. And right here it is most of the time, right in our lap. And we decorated that tree, and Mom Amber said, well, you know, Granny Hattie's in heaven. And she's got all kinds of joy. And he said, yeah, but it won't hurt her to have a little bit more. <laughs> we didn't say anything. It was just like, all right, you got it. It was joy. One morning, he got together a gift for a friend of his in class who likes the Boston Red Sox. And we found a Boston Red Sox lunchbox at Goodwill. And we bought it because Hucky loves baseball. And he said, I want to give this to Hosea. Did I say his name right? I always get it wrong. I always call him Josiah. I don't really know why. So we packed, Amber and Hucky packed, I don't know, a big gift full to go to Hosea. And it was before Thanksgiving. And he was like, it can be his Christmas gift. And we were like, but it's not, not even Thanksgiving yet. And he's like, I just want to give it to him anyway. So he took it. But it was so joyful in his heart to give him that gift. And he came up with it all on his own. It wasn't us. We never prodded him or pushed him. He just wanted to do that. Like the joy that he got from giving him that. And I don't want to take his joy. Most of you all have seen this book, The Grinch. Speaking of joy, most of you, I love it. I'm not going to read the whole thing, okay? I'm going to read one part, and it says this. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow. I'm going to read it like I do to Hucky, okay? So get ready. It's going to be a show. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags, and he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. 
Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. This is not a a biblical book. But it nailed that idea. We're studying Christmas. This is joy. Maybe Christmas is more than what we see it as. Maybe it's more than the decoration and the gifts and the turkey that didn't get cooked that people like. Maybe it's more than that. And it is. It's God. See, in Matthew 18, it says this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. Unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. And the more I see of this, the more I understand that that is absolutely 100% true. We have to be like the children. Because they don't see the world the way that we see the world. They see the world the way that God intends for us to see the world. These things I have spoken to you. Now this is John speaking. My joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. God's joy is in us and our joy can be full through his joy. Nothing I can do can get me the joy that I can obtain when I give my life to God. It's not perfect. I'm going to mess it up every single day. Every single day. But tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to try my best to live the perfect life. And then when I mess up before lunch, I'm going to tell God I'm sorry. And I'm going to mess up again after lunch. And I'm going to tell him I'm sorry. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to mess up. And I'm going to tell him I'm sorry. And, and, it, and he's going to forgive me every time. And that's the joy that we can get. I can go to bed every single night knowing that I'm going to be in heaven. And that, to me, is the most amazing gift that I can be given. That's joy. This, to me, sums it all up. And you could, you could talk about this is the manger scene without mentioning a manger. Before the world began, the Word was there. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there with God in the beginning. Everything was made through Him, and nothing was made without Him. In Him there was life, and that life was a light for the people of the world. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not defeated it. Today, we look for joy everywhere, and today it's in Jesus. And it's so simple. It's not in boxes or bags. It's not in the gifts. It's not in all the things that we can try to find in this world. It's in Jesus. So today, if you don't know Jesus, I invite you to find a type of joy that you never, ever can imagine experiencing because it's so different. It's so different than the gift that you opened that you've anticipated for so long. It's so different than the job that you wanted so bad that you got, but it wasn't everything that it was all cracked up to be. It's different than the relationship that you focus everything on that isn't the perfect relationship. See, Jesus is a gift that's so much different than what we could ever imagine in our own minds. But when you have Him, then you know. You don't have to imagine. You know what it is. And that joy is not a joy that you can defeat with anything. It can't be defeated. The darkness can't run it out. Because it's been here since the beginning and will be here all the way into the end. And everything in this world runs through the joy of Jesus Christ.